Hey, thanks for tuning in. Uh, my name is Justin. My name is Jason. And we are church planners and pastors in quotes a lot of times. A lot of times. Uh, right now we don't have an official name for our podcast, which just goes to show how great of pastors we are. It's almost like a sermon on don't, Saturday night. I don't, I don't think I've ever titled a sermon. Oh, I haven't either. That's, uh, I've never written a title down for a sermon right. anywhere. So hopefully by the time you're listening to this, there'll be a nice fancy title on your uh, podcast screen. And a good image. And a good image, right. Something very cool. An image I'll probably make in PowerPoint. <laughs> so our goal is um, to talk about our experience, at least for a while, with church planning, our experience being pastors. Uh, and my big deal was that I've never heard anything real. I feel like everything I've heard is sort of canned or cheesy or not my experience at all. So I, yeah, yesterday I was working out and I had this realization that almost every pastor I've ever had has lied to me about the way they feel about being a pastor. And there was nobody that was there to prepare me for what it meant to be a pastor. I went to seminary. I was, I worked at churches and then got into it. And I'm like, Oh, I don't feel prepared. I don't feel like I know what I'm doing most of the time. And I think I'm starting to realize that nobody feels prepared and nobody knows what they're doing and they're just making it up. Um, right. And seminary kind of prepares you to be a uh, P&G leader, a team leader or something like that. Not or a culture really. warrior. Yes. Um, but I think we have an interesting and unique and definitely odd perspective. Joel, or should we call him something else? My wife said we should be careful about using people in the church's names and stories, which is a fair, she's a lawyer, so it's a fair concern. So for privacy's sake, this guy's name is Joel. <laughs> But with Joel, you don't have to worry about it because Joel just likes it anytime he's talked about anywhere. Oh, that's true. He likes to be the center of attention. Just don't let his mom hear our podcast. <laughs> oh, man. His mom, who we will not name. Anyways. <laughs> that's a real concern. So uh, this guy, Joel, was one of our elders, uh, which it took us, what, Seven years for our elders actually call themselves I elders. I think most of them still wouldn't call themselves elders. <laughs> yeah. They don't want to be associated with us is the deal. In case this ship sinks, when, they're like, hey, guys. When this eventually up. <laughs> blows up in flames. Right. So we had our elders meeting, and we actually were dealing with, uh, probably for the first time, one of our bigger issues within our leadership where we had uh, to go and pray and deal and research and think and disagree and we don't, we don't have fights. Our leadership team doesn't, we don't get together. We don't have like blow up fights. We don't have hour long elder meetings that are, conf, that are conflictual and people are sort of tense. And so when we got to this one, it was a good chance just to say, oh, why don't we go away from this topic and just pray about it? We've done research, we've studied, we've talked, we've debated multiple sides of an issue. Everybody still likes each other. We're still good. And my thought was, we've done everything we can do. It's like 8.15 on a Monday night. Justin wants to go home and watch The Bachelor. We're wasting time here. <laughs> yes. Why don't we just go home and pray, and we'll come back. Because this didn't need to get solved that night. So two weeks from now when we get back together, we'll have prayed, we'll have done the due diligence that I think church leaders should do. And that seemed like a reasonable way out of the situation to me. And FYI, if it's 8.15, you've already missed the best part of The Bachelor, <laughs> the beginning. Apparently. <laughs> um, so we're in this meeting. The topic we're dealing with, and this is where a lot of people are probably just going to shut off our podcast right now. Uh, I was uh, approached to do a gay wedding, and this was before it was even legal in Ohio. Uh, it was a big deal. It was never something that our church hadn't really encountered before. And uh, for me and my uh, background, it was something new for me, but... Um, 
it was a big decision and it was something that I knew people would be upset about, but it was also something I felt very strongly about. Um, I wrote a paper, which I hadn't done since <laughs> seminary, and it was a really bad, really written paper. And, uh, and it was just, hey, this is what I feel like I should do, and I felt like I should do the wedding. I feel like that I, that to take, we've just, the church community has done so many horrible things towards the uh, LGBT community, and this is a part where I can take steps forward, and I want to do that. And anyways, uh, yeah. we're all talking and praying. And we're going to pray. And so the, we've sort of reached this impasse. I don't know if I'm the one who should <laughs> finish this work. So we're, we do this, and my suggestion is, hey, everybody, we've, we've debated this ad nauseum. We've, we've gone through every side of the scripture. We've consulted with elders. Let's do the most important part of the work, which is to go and pray. Let's go and actually ask God what he thinks about this. And there's this sort of silence where everybody, and you can see everybody thinking, Oh, okay, that's a good idea. And, this is a big deal. It's heavy. Pe people are taking it seriously. And it's a, sort of a oddly reverent moment in our leadership team meetings. And um, out of nowhere, uh, we should call him Voldemort. For the rest Voldemort. <laughs> yes. Uh, he must not be named. Cause yes. Because he's um, not one of us anymore. He, he's left our leadership team. He is But not over this issue. Not over this issue. Yes. Uh, he... So Voldemort kind of speaks up out of out of the silence and is like, "Well, I didn't know we were all going to get gay for Jesus." <laughs> and that was that was where I knew that there was not a single other church leadership team in America that was having their meeting at any point that year where that sentence had been uttered and everything was okay. And <laughs> I I laughed so I was like, it took my mind a second to process. Like, what? Well, well, oh. <laughs> and it's and my first thought was at the the previous church I had worked at where I was a youth pastor, you would have been asked to leave the leadership team meeting. You would have been asked to leave the church probably over a sentence like that. Whereas with this one, we a the person Voldemort is a servant servant and does everything he can for the people of the church. I would I would take a thousand of him at our church, which I, maybe it says something that I want a church built out of Voldemort's. Um, <laughs> But be very powerful. But so, so there was a context there. But it was, it was that moment, probably five to six years into this church plant, where I realized we are a unique thing. Nobody else is like us. Nobody else handles stuff like we handle stuff. Nobody else does what we do. I mean, and we should have known from the beginning that any church that lets you or I preach at it, that's that's my standard answer. Yesterday, I was driving a person on Uber. And she asked me what I did, if this was my full-time gig. I said, no, I'm also a pastor at a church. And she was like, oh, what kind of church is it? And my answer, my standard answer is always the kind of church that lets a guy like me preach. Right. <laughs> and you know now everything you need to know. And mine is, when people ask me that, I actually had this conversation yesterday with somebody. They were like, well, what kind of church is it? I have to take a deep breath and be like, all right. And I have to start like a long time ago because it takes a long story to even get out where, what we became, how we got there, how beautiful it is, how it's the only place in the world, the only church in the world I could ever see myself at right now. It's the only church I've ever worked at that I don't hate. Right. It's the only church I've ever worked at that I could give the worst sermon ever. And people come up to me and be like, yeah, that one was crappy. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah. So, and it doesn't matter. Performance is an issue. They love us. We love them. It's a community. But at the same time, it's a long story to get there, which is why we thought we should podcast, because I do feel like we have very odd stories. We have a very odd church. Um, 
but at the same time, I would say we have uh, one of the healthiest things I've ever been a part of. Well, and we both know, repeatedly, we know that we don't fit in anywhere else in the church world. We both have been pastors of very traditional churches. We've both been involved in very sort of cutting-edge emergent churches. Uh, we didn't fit in either one of those places. We went to every church planting assessment, which I'm sure we'll talk about at some point here. <sighs> and we were rejected by all of them. All of them told us we weren't good enough, that they wouldn't give us money, which is the only thing we wanted from them. Well, they would take our money. They would take our money. <laughs> <laughs> but they wouldn't give us any. Um, we met with church planters in Cincinnati. We tried to meet, like, we felt like we were, you're, you're supposed to meet with other church planters. You're supposed to get together with people. And <laughs> They stopped inviting us they, to meet. When you guys met last month, I didn't, oh, we weren't, we didn't get the email. <laughs> oh, we'll send it to you next time. I, 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 think we're, I think we're just a foil to argue with on the internet sometimes with them. I think they use us as a bad example a lot of the time. Look at this, Jared. Uh, uh, I felt for a while because I, at one time, was a very innocent flower of a pastor. I, I went to, you know, I grew up in the church. I went to the same seminary that my church, like, okayed, and I graduated, and I went and worked for those churches, and at some point, I guess my line is, I like to say I was saved from my Christianity. Uh, it's a very Rob Bell book. Oh, is that a very... That is, oh, Jesus wants to say Christians, it. right? Uh, but I feel like I was, at some point, delivered from being this kind of like judgmental asshole, this guy who was self-righteous, and uh, and so I met this church, and it went downhill from there. But no, I thought for a while, there was always that point, because, you know, we're doing this because we're not... Uh, Making millions of dollars. Oh, million. Now we're making thousands of dollars. Uh, I could, before I did this, I was a public school teacher. And if you went through, this is the only career path I could have taken where my income is down. potentially downhill for the rest of my life. Our, uh, our, our line in the first couple of years was Kim, Jason's wife, or uh, quote, a person maybe named Kim is Jason's <laughs> wife. Uh, she was our secret weapon because, oh, well, she makes enough money so that Jason could take a 60% pay cut. Right. Um, but anyways, uh, there was always a point where I was like, okay, if this tanks, I can just go back to the to churches I grew up in. I can, I can use my degree to get a job, you know, preach the sermons, make the hospital visits, uh, retire one day. I can just, I can fit in, I can fit in. And I think it was about three years ago, I realized, uh, I, I've been ruined. <laughs> I, I can't go back. I've, I've reached the... There's too much social media. There's too much out there where I'm like, I would have to go to Alaska to some <laughs> small church that's never heard of the internet. I still think... I thought for a long time I could probably go back to the Presbyterian church, which I came out of, because they, they've, been, they've been really desperate for young leadership lately. But I don't think I ever fit in. So if Justin came into this... If Justin came into this, the innocent church planter, the the guy who still really believed in Christianity and everything good, I came in as the cynical, really hacked off one who <laughs> never trusted the church, um, still don't trust the church. I still know that if I'm going to, and it, this is outside of legend, if I'm going to be judged, it's going to be by other Christians. Oh, I think legend judges, too. <laughs> uh, <so> anyways. <laughs> yeah. But the thing legend judges about, though, I don't care about. Like Every time you go out of town, you're like, I wonder if there's a coup. <laughs> Which would be awesome. There's not, but it would be awesome if there was. You wants, came back all the time like, oh, another coup. Nobody wants this job. <laughs> no, nobody. Yeah, they joke about that, and I'm like, yeah, do you want it? Because I'll switch you right now. <laughs> but so, with, 
if Justin came into this innocent, I came into this jaded. And actually, one of the things that's been really difficult about Legend has been that so much of my footing is built for the fight. Like, I'm ready when there's going to be a debate. I'm ready when there's going to be an argument. I'm ready when people are going to get mad and storm out. I've got the right comeback. I've got the right, like, biting words. Um, but it never happens here. And so, for the most part, Legend's not a perfect church. And we haven't done everything far from it. And the rest, right now, I'm looking at our outline. I've got, like, eight or nine solid episodes we could do for the rest of this this podcast series of things that we've done wrong. Right. So we've done lots of things wrong. <laughs> we don't have a list of things we did right. Right. I, we have nothing no, to teach. That um, but <laughs> this has been the best church ever been part of the church that I'm, I'm proud to tell my friends who aren't Christians that I belong to my, the opportunity to gladly say, Oh, this is what I do. And I'm proud of it for a living. Cause it's been the most beautiful, the most beautiful parts of what I think a church should be. Well, and the irony is, which I feel like this, theme has followed me for a long, in my whole life is that there's people who seem to be doing it in quotes you can't see my hands but it's in quotes the right way um and it seems like it's nothing I'd ever want to be a part of and I always seem like oh well on the outside it looks like you may not be doing it the right way but when it comes to things like like for instance in college we like skateboarded and that, in bible college it was so like crazy um, but like, I always did the right things there. I never did the bad things, but there's the guys who are like the A guys and they like end up, you know, not doing ministry at all or hating Jesus in the end. And I feel like here on the outside, we look a certain way and people, other churches especially will judge us for that. But then when it comes to like serving and loving and the scriptures and Jesus and how we teach and what we teach, I'm like, well, how come you guys don't do that? <laughs> you don't get mad about those things. And I, I'm always amazed that uh how much do you are judged by theology or how much you're judged by perceived theology or perceived uh what your church is or your church is especially within the church world so yeah. i mean the big the big joke is if you go to a church conference and you talk to other pastors they're like oh how big's your church you just say hey about nine inches <laughs> that's sort of the measuring contest that's involved there we should talk about our church planning assessments so you know there's a video still online so the first one we went to was in johnson city tennessee i don't ever remember the name of the organization well, when we went because it's what you're supposed to you're do what you're supposed to do like hey we want to plant a church all right we're going to do it we're going to do it in cincinnati all right we're going to we picked a location we actually knew we had actually already started having a bible study in our house we like we were on our way the only thing we didn't have was money. And so they were like, oh, which is we, still true. You go to these assessments, which was like, wasn't it like $1,000 a couple? Oh, man. Didn't uh, one of our parishioners like put the bill for it? And like, we went, and we we're like, okay, this will be good. We'll learn about ourselves. We'll learn about church planning. And, you know, maybe we'll have some money coming out of it. And it was the worst experience of my life. So uh, I was looking for videos of when my oldest son learned to walk the other day. And so I'm deep into my like YouTube channel and I've got a video of we got this assignment at this church planner assessment where we had to like make up a church service and at like midnight at midnight you had to, and do, you had it. to do it at 6, 6 a.m. the next morning and you couldn't use anything you ever used before you had to be creative and we were sitting inside of a it was an IHOP wait and this after they also had told us that we're we suck we're like terrible. you suck we don't think you're great but we'll see you in the morning yeah and so we're sitting in IHOP, and I'm my my wife is across the table from me, and I'm sitting next to Justin, and his wife's across from him, and I look at my wife and, and Justin's wife, and they both have this look on their face because Justin's done, 
John, I gave the, up. I was like, cry, I was crying. Those I are, cried. <laughs> and I was like, I just said I'm gonna. I don't know. <laughs> do something. It's not too late to turn around. No. <laughs> I should go back to public. That was my thought. That moment was. Oh, I'm gonna get in the back. I remember the day we were into this a couple years, and you were like, "This is it." I my teacher's license, my teacher's is, expired, license is over, and I can't go back. I'm stuck here. <laughs> I remember that day. You were like slightly depressed. <laughs> but so there's a video of me tackling you in this IHOP with his like giant man hug. Um, just to try to lighten the load. And we got up and... Well, that was the first time you ever seen me shut down. Because that's my defense mechanism. I just shut. And you were like, what, what's going on? How come you're not talking? I, I don't care. I give up. And we got up and we did the stupid church service the next morning that they made us do. Um, well, and they were like really afraid to talk to you about your singing voice. Like, there's only two of us. Right. One of you needs to sing songs, and the other one needs to give a message, and I can't sing or play guitar, and you're like, well, I can't, I'll do that. And I was like, I'll give the message, and then they're like, well, we need to talk to you about your singing voice. We're like, right. What, what the hell? You made us do this I'm in well five aware hours. That I can't. Although I did sing at Legend for at least two years. And it was awesome. I loved it. It was not, it was I not liked awesome. It. I still like it. Archer liked it. He heard that, uh, hey, he's four. He heard that wine and bread song the other day, the real oh, version, right. and he was like, I like Jason's better. <laughs> you shouldn't let your kids drink that early, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, they were, so they pulled us aside. Actually, the first bit of advice is they were like, so is it you, church planning, or is it your wives? Because if it was our wives, they would have given us the money like that. We're like, these two are awesome. I, we don't know about you two. Families of origin. Apparently, all of us, except for your wife, yeah. had the worst family of origin possible. Uh, they told us these stupid statistics. They were like, well, you can't reach anyone who's got a higher education level or higher income level. Um, all these things, and I'm like, I've never heard of this. I thought we were just talking about Jesus. Well, and some of these things people. are foundational to who we are now, because we still don't do demographic stuff. Right, and, and not... they were like, you're only going to reach people with broken families, and I'm like, and at first I was like, oh, they were right, but then I'm like, I think everyone's got a broken right. family. Good we're, call. Church we're not, we're not trying to reach only adults under 40, because we're under 40. We're not trying to only reach married people. We're not trying to only reach, reach white people. And so... The whole church planting world and most successful church plants today, the ones around us, one of the reasons they look at us strange is because I refuse to speak that language with them. And so they just don't know how to talk to us. It's disgusting to me. They said, they, they had it actually on like a matrix. Here we go, guys. You raise $600,000. You buy this, you buy this, you buy this. You mass advertise the community. Here's how many people are going to show up your first Sunday. Here's how many people are going to show up your second Sunday. And now you're a church. You can start giving back. And I'm like... I mean, I got sick to my stomach. I was like, this is wrong. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i glad. I'm gl I think it's great for some people, and I'm glad. Because their big thing is if you're a church planner, you're a fundraiser. You're yeah. a church planner, you're a fundraiser. And I adamantly disagreed because I was like, well, I don't think God called me to be a fundraiser. So I, I you know, and they were like the experts. So I was like, well, <laughs> that's why I cried well, and broke down in the restaurant. And I've gotten, I used to be pretty, what Justin just said about it, it being okay for some people, it's not okay for us. I used to say things like that all the time. Church planning has made me draw harder lines because I've started to see those kind of influences start to take over the church and then the church becomes a business and not a family or the church becomes um, a product and not a movement. And then it's sterile and it's gross. And there's a, there's a pastor in Cincinnati who continues to say obscenely grotesque things as a follower of Jesus. He says fine things as an American, as a, as a, as a, relatively conservative midwestern american everything he says fits right in and that's why nobody questions him but they're not jesus things they have nothing in common with jesus and so 
I, I find myself more and more alienated by this entire mindset. And so we did not know how to function inside this church planning organization. No, and so at that, there was, I think, coming out of that, there were so many things they told us we were doing wrong. Uh, and that's what we're going to focus on the next couple podcasts. The fact that we have two pastors, you can't do that. The fact that we uh, aren't fundraisers, you can't do that. But we did, one thing we did do that they, and that I, I assume my, if I ever have advice for uh, other church planners, it's, dude, instead of asking for money, just go ask for stuff. Like, right. So we put together a list of everything from duct tape to sound equipment, and we just went to all these churches, and we gave our spiel, like, love of all is what we're going to do. And then we were like, we don't want money. I mean, if you have it, we'll take it. But really, what we need is this stuff. And they were like, you don't want money? You just want stuff? And I was like, yeah, I was a youth pastor for a long time. I know you guys have, like, garages of just junk. And they let us rifle through. We got a truck. We got a 25-foot trailer. We got all the portable church stuff. We got sound equipment that eventually got stolen, that eventually gave us more money in the end. Uh, it was... That was great. Ask for stuff. But uh, the one thing that we did that they told us to do, so they were like... Read our books. <laughs> that was their big thing, the church plan assessment. Here, buy all of our books and read them. Because uh, at first we were like, first we did, yeah, you got them, and I was like, wait a minute, are these all the guys that just did this? They just... They were. <laughs> They're still on my shelves. <laughs> and uh, so they got our money from that, and then they were like, hire a church planning coach. And at the time, I was like, a church planning coach? I've never even heard of a church planning coach, but that sounds kind of cool. So I called my friend, who's a church planner, and I was like, hey... Do you know of a church planning coach? He's like, oh, yeah, I got this guy to this day. <laughs> is the bane of my existence. And so I called this guy, and he's like, oh, yes, I'd love to get the church that's God's planted in your heart and put it on to actuality. And I was like, okay, great. I hated this guy. Like, to this day, I, I need to repent because at some day, Jesus is going to be like, hey, you need to get rid of this in your heart because, I don't know, I, I could not... I, <laughs> We still it was the worst thing ever. So, and I would have to say, I was in seminary at the time, so I'm me and Justin would conference call this guy, and like Justin said earlier, he shuts down when things are when he's frustrated or overly intense, and I would listen. I you could hear Justin shut down on the other line. I'm like, well, I guess, and he's like, no, who are you sitting down and and sharing the good news of Christ with? And I'm like, I, I guess zero, <laughs> no one. And he's like, well, it doesn't sound like good news at all to you. It sounds like bad news. And I'm like crunching the phone in my hand because I'm like, I hate you! I hate you! <laughs> and I think we hung up and then we're supposed to call him back every week. Yeah, uh, we just stopped calling. And he didn't once call and be like, hey, you haven't called me. <laughs> he invoiced us. And I, just, and I just ignored it. <laughs> we never paid that. We owe that to like 300 bucks somewhere. He's going to find it. He's going to find it. Whatever. <laughs> and the thing that makes me most furious is his, his opening line is, well, I have a 100% track record with churches. And then I was like, the other, like just a couple weeks ago, I was like, well, he doesn't have one with us. And he's like, well, we're still going. I guess he does. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> he wins in the end. He wins. That's, That's hilarious. I don't think about him at all. Yeah, I think we're friends on Facebook, though. But if you want to make a quick, easy buck, be a church planting assessment coach. So you don't have to do anything. Just or tell people what if, to do. if you're a church planter listening to this, wondering about church planting, you could call me and Justin, and for $125 a week, we'll... <laughs> and right now we're giving away for free in the podcast. Yeah, yeah we should be charging. <laughs> you just call yeah. us. We'll keep... Get money, apparently. Get money. What, you we'll know? ask you every week how you're raising money. I'll pray for you now. You pray for him and tell him to get money. That's pretty much but, it. And then they pay you. That's a good, that's a good gig. It's <laughs> a good gig. That yeah. and writing a book. That's, that's why pastors do those things. But uh, we, there was this, always this point where we could always go back, and then we found out that now we can't. And not, not just because of 
hey, we've gone too far in one way, but we can't because I've experienced something that I don't think I could find yeah. anywhere else, and I could never... I can never move my what my children have experienced at this church, what my wife has experienced, what... Because uh, there was a time, there was a time where, like, uh, somebody had talked to me about, hey, you should apply for this other church job, and I was like, well, I guess if I wanted to tell every friend I have to right. go screw themselves, right. I'm still going to be around, but I'm going to be working somewhere else because I get more money or something. Which is what people say when they leave the church. <laughs> right. We've had, like, dead people say, hey, I, I'm, I'm probably going to find another church because it's too far to drive, or because... Justin did a gay wedding, or whatever it is. It's always me, too. <laughs> it is always you. Hey, you said something about America. <laughs> oh, that's right. That guy. But um, but always they say, hey, well, we still want to be around and hang out. And I'm like, right, great. We're never going to see you because right. we don't. So it ends up being, A, they didn't really leave the church. They just don't feel like getting up on Sunday. So they come to every church function because every church function is so communal. They're like, well, these are all our friends. We're still going to come. Or they now have no friends. <laughs> And or uh, maybe they're finding them in other churches. Yeah, I guess. You can always tell early on whether somebody's... I'm. There's only been two people that have left that I've been like, oh, man, they left. Whereas everybody else, I was like, eh. And there's a couple of people that have stayed where I'm like, oh, man, you stayed? Wow. Look, if we're being honest, <laughs> every time somebody walks through the door, I'm like, you're still here, huh? Yeah, they, like, yeah they're <laughs> you not, they're found, not gonna... You haven't found a better church yet? <laughs> there's like, there's gotta be five. <laughs> I feel like, oh, that should be like our tagline. Uh, come to Legend, because you haven't found a better church yet. <laughs> You're always looking. You're always looking. You're Which always everybody looking. is, apparently. Uh-huh. Well, I think the next couple podcasts, uh, at least the next eight, it looks like we're going to be going through just things that uh, we do that apparently are wrong, but maybe <laughs> have worked out for us, or maybe we're wrong, I don't know. Right. Uh, but... I will promise that you get something honest and you get our real experiences and hopefully uh, it offers something to you. Yeah, thanks for tuning in. You motherfuckers need Jesus. Better than you.